Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the pod. On request from few of our listeners, we have got Florian back on our show. Florian is based in Germany. Runs his consulting firm called Midas Con- Consulting. Florian, how are you? Thanks. I'm good. Good to be back. Good to be back, buddy. It's been what uh, six, seven months. I think we last had you. Actually, more. Probably almost a year now. <laughs> But, yeah, man, time is flying. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but put it this way: a lot has happened since we last spoke. Obviously, you specialize in the precious metal and the cryptocurrency space. That's that's the area that you guys do a lot of analysis in, both technical and fundamental. So, for our listeners, um, tell us what's happening, mate. Um, obviously, last time when we spoke, uh, you were pretty bullish on some of the cryptos. and it has played out obviously uh, up until last month um so where do you see the market currently and uh, what do you expect to happen in the next couple of months years time basically what are the charts saying and your anal- analysis in general let's start with crypto because that's that, that's the hot thing in the town <laughs> okay yeah um look i think first of all i i i should maybe quickly touch upon my big very big picture kind of view and 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 i think that we are in the so called cracker boom um we know that uh, basically all central banks on this planet are constantly expanding their balance sheets uh, they are constantly creating currency out of thin air so this is not only the fed in america it's also the ecb here in europe it's obviously also the, the australian central bank it's the the, the the english one the brazilians the chinese are the most aggressive ones they're all expanding the balance sheet so what it means is that your currency is constantly being devaluated and it it doesn't need to show up immediately or directly uh, at uh, at the grocery store but overall i think it's fair to say that uh, everything is slowly but surely getting more expensive mm-hmm. we've seen cryptocurrencies exploding we've seen that uh, the stock markets are all going up so if you look at the global market cap of, of all the stock markets together you can see that they're clearly in an uptrend they're running together with the the fed balance sheet or with all the balance sheets of all the central banks together we see that uh, real estate prices are getting uh, more expensive uh, we see that still prices for collectibles uh, are moving higher and uh, overall prices for commodities of course copper has been exploding oil has been exploding we've seen uh, freight rates going through the roof recently um yeah that's i think the most important takeaway uh, so you you cannot leave your money uh, in your bank account anymore doing nothing holding it uh, stacking it under your mattress is neither a good idea so you need to invest your money at least to 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 make sure that that, that this devaluation is is not hitting you 100% so i think michael seller said that uh, you need to make around about 15% a year just to be break even in terms of uh, real purchasing power mm-hmm. so let's assume you have a thousand dollars or euros in your account you need to make 15% a year just to keep up with the loss of purchasing power mm-hmm. and um you can also say that over the last one year it's been rather easy to do this since everything has been moving up so everybody who who had some money and was uh, basically 
investing or able to invest was able to also catch up with this loss of purchasing power. However, markets are complicated. You are most of the time your own worst enemy. So in terms of uh, uh, psychological, uh, um, psychology and emotions, you often stand in your own way. These are all uh, things that make it more complicated. It, is, it has also been uh, 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 necessary to understand that um, once you take uh, taxes uh, uh, on, on, your, on your gains in your investments, then it's already harder to come up with 15% per year. And um, so overall, the game is not easy. But you need to understand, you need to invest, you need to take this in your own hands. Uh, nobody else will care more about your own money than yourself. It's not easy, actually, investing and trading is very challenging and difficult. But um, overall, the markets are moving higher. This is, I think, what the cracker boom beautifully explains. The more currency is uh, chasing things around the planet, the higher nominally the prices are rising. And um, my thesis has always been that um, in such a scenario, um, hard assets like uh, precious metals and commodities will most likely outperform. This is not a linear thing, but uh, you can have these sharp rallies like we had in gold until last summer. And then you have obviously also uh, yeah, a multi-month correction or digestion. And it seems that we have entered something like this now also in the crypto sector after this massive rally. I mean, Bitcoin went up from uh, last September, the breakout above 10K, and then it went to 65K. So it went up 650%. Now it has pulled back rather sharply, nearly 60%. Um, and in the very short term, I think that uh, it looks like the cryptos wanna bounce and do a recovery here. Uh, but I think that the, this, this consolidation probably will need more time. So I don't expect immediately new highs in Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. But um, last week was a good buying opportunity. So one of the most basic principles how to make money in the markets is you need to buy low and sell high. Everything else doesn't work. And it sounds super simple and it is in principle super simple, but in reality, in practical terms, it's very challenging to figure out if something is low or high and what you should do then, right? But uh, according to my analysis last week, the crypto sector has been uh, rather low uh, after dropping, yeah, Bitcoin down 60%, Ethereum even more. Many of the smaller altcoins even got yeah, decimated uh, 70, 80% of the, the highs in April and May. And we've seen quite uh, an extreme panic in the market, actually. So if you look at the crypto fear and greed index, it was at some point around 10, which in a long-term comparison is, is extreme panic. Mm -hmm. And so this is the setup that you can use to, to buy into such a market. And um, that's what we recommended last week. And that's what I personally also did. And, and now it's all about managing your positions, exit strategies, taking some profits to basically improve your entry price and, and then let the market uh, do the rest, right? I mean, nobody knows the future, but I think at least over the next few weeks, I expect a bounce in Bitcoin and Ethereum. I wouldn't be surprised if Bitcoin can go back to 40K, maybe even 50K is, is, is possible. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, over overall, let's say over the next six months, I assume Bitcoin will probably trade back and forth with between 30 and 50k. Um, that's basically my takeaway right now. But any yeah, any low price should be used to 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 add if you are not invested in crypto yet, because I think it is not the only one, but it is probably one of the the ways to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So just on a macro picture first, uh, when you were discussing about the uh, all the central banks uh, printing money and all that stuff. Um, in Australia, uh, the interest rates, if you put your money in the bank, is uh, under one percent kind of thing. Now you are based around in Germany, and I, I'm I, I'm keen to know what are the rates offered in that part of the world and in, um, in Europe in general. Um, yeah, you can get a 0.15 to 0.25 or maybe 0.3% uh, for a few months or a year, but only until an amount of 50,000 euros or maximum 100,000 euros. And if you have more than 100K in your bank account, uh, the bank will come and charge you interest rates. So this is, we have negative interest rates already. This is a big problem also for companies. Mm-hmm. So everybody is kind of like forced to become a speculator. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I mean, we know that inflation rate is at least around 2%, even the official numbers now show this. So if you have inflation by 2% and you get 0.15%, as long as you have less than 100K uh, invested, yeah, you have, you're losing money, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's... Um, yeah, that's interesting, and hence it makes you a speculator in the markets when, in uh, when when the money is uh, sitting in the bank, you have to pay, you have to pay interest on that essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it it already tells you everything about. Uh, I mean, at what stage this whole fiat money system is, right? It's upside down. Imagine you go into a restaurant, and and the guy who runs the restaurant has to pay you. For showing up and eating his food you know so it, it tells you something about the quality of the restaurant and in that case it tells you something about the quality of uh, the money that we have these days and um, mm-hmm. we don't know how long this can continue we are in unprecedented waters or times here obviously but um, uh, i think and that's also the definition of cracker boom this uh, slowly and at some point rather accelerating loss of trust or confidence in the system so more and more people waking up, the fact that we're doing this podcast and you have a lot of uh, listeners who are interested in that topic, it shows it uh, as an example, um, people slowly but surely waking up and um, they're looking for, for ways to protect themselves and, and, and save their hard-earned money, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to, I mean, if you leave your money in the bank, it's simply, uh, it stays there in nominal terms, but uh, uh, in terms of purchasing power, you, you're losing money by the day. Mm-hmm. So we saw uh, on, let's just, because Bitcoin is the leader of the cryptocurrency space, we saw a 50% pullback or 55%-ish pullback on Bitcoin. What makes you think that this is the bottom or near the bottom? Because uh, you, when you listen to some of the other news uh, and the analysts, there's calls of up to 13, 14K, 20K. Everyone's have got their own number that they've made up. Um, 
But what makes you think that it's it's near the bottom at this point? Yeah, so exactly that. I mean, over the last two, three year, uh, weeks, I, I only have seen and heard uh, very negative forecasts. Uh, I mean, people were like, yeah, it has to go back to 10K. It goes back to 20K at least. So uh, in, in such a setup, and then uh, you look, as I said, at the fear and greed index, for example, um, you need to do the opposite. It's very simple. Um, uh, however, I, I don't know if this was the final bottom at uh, 29,250. Um, we have still an open gap in the Bitcoin future around 24,000 to 26,000. Mm -hmm. Often, not always, but often the market tends to close those gaps. Um, on the other hand, um, in, 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 in this 12 years of history in Bitcoin, Bitcoin never came back to its former all-time high, right? So um, if this pattern stays in place, Bitcoin will not move back to $20,000. Um, uh, again, we have this open gap on the downside, but we also have an open gap on the upside in the futures. Uh, um, I think it's around uh, 50,000 something. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I currently think probably this gap will be filled first. Um, um, again, uh, buy low, sell high. That's, that, that's the only principle in the end of the day that I stick to and th that everybody should stick to. And, and last week definitely was, was low. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if something goes down 65% within a few weeks uh, and there is no fundamental big issue or change in the story, then uh, it is cheap. So um, I think that was actually interesting. Huh? I mean, we have El Salvador now, the first uh, country accepting Bitcoin and uh, actually is super bullish news or development. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but the market has been in panic and in fear and selling off. Mm -hmm. So there's always is interesting if you have these kind of divergences, right? This can happen on the upside, like market is running higher and higher, ignoring bad news. And that kind of like signals that uh, a top might be around. And on the other hand, if the market uh, relentlessly is selling off while there's good news showing up, it also is an indicator that probably the lows are close. Um, so I think it, it looks good right now. We, we are very oversold on the weekly chart, on the daily chart. We have a nice bounce now. This probably will have some, some more weeks to go and, and, and could take Bitcoin back to 40 or 50,000. I'm not sure if this overall uh correction is done already because um from the past we also know that once we had this bull runs in the crypto sector it usually took at least half a year or a year to digest that move right and um uh, what's a little bit different this time is that bitcoin didn't finish with a parabola or an extreme spike in the end instead it basically only managed to do marginal higher highs in, in February, March, and, and April. So it was, I think, 58,000, then it managed to go to 61,000, and finally the top uh, at 65,000 uh, on the day that Coinbase had its IPO, right? So this was only marginal higher highs, and, 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 and it, it showed that Bitcoin kind of like got a little bit tired, but in comparison to the past, we didn't have this parabolic crazy spike where Bitcoin doubled within a few weeks, and then you knew, okay, now it's really dangerous, the market will come down and it will take probably a year or two uh, to, to correct this whole thing. What we had was a, a doubling in Ethereum with a few weeks uh, after Bitcoin had made its top. So that, that was also a clear warning signal. 
and Ethereum, I mean, ha has been selling out hard, I think 70% or something. So it came down from 4,300 down to 1,700 just uh, recently, just a few days ago. Um, but again, I mean, also for Ethereum, there's quite some bullish news or developments now showing up. Um, we don't know how fast they will be able to, 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 to make the step to Ethereum too, but um, I think this is very promising outlook. And again, uh, to, to, to stay with this example, back at the top in, in, in May, um, gas prices for Ethereum had been insane, super expensive. It didn't make sense anymore to use it actually and, and transfer money. So people who, for example, use Tether, they didn't use the, the Tether on, on Ethereum anymore, but they used the uh, Tether on Tron. Um, and that showed you that gas prices were way too expensive and the market was also ripe for a correction. And now, yeah, I think we've seen this deep correction. Everybody who has been uh, leveraged on margin probably got liquidated and destroyed over the last two months. Uh, and, and now, yeah, again, I, I think we're at least uh, going to see a nice bounce. Um, I could imagine Bitcoin running back to 50,000 mm -hmm. and then trade sideways between 30 and 50,000 for another few months, probably. Mm -hmm. So, we had um, some news lately where Warren Buffett has been talking about stock markets being overvalued at this point. And uh, crypto is, although not related to the stock markets, but when stock markets tend to have a correction or a crash, crypto normally follows and does a bigger correction or a bigger jump up. Um, based on what he has been talking lately and the markets in general, if you look at the Buffet indicator, uh, looks like almost 86% overvalued, which is 2.5 standard deviations from the normal. Does that not concern from that perspective that if stock markets see a correction, then we'll see a bigger correction in the crypto space? Well, of course, you always have this problem. And I mean, you can also make the argument that we are in kind of an everything bubble or that at least everything is connected, uh -huh. right? Um, everything is driven by this uh, liquidate, uh, liquidity creation or currency creation by all those central banks. So, and what we've seen two weeks ago when the Fed suddenly came out and said like, ah, oh, maybe in two years, we're going to think about thinking that we then might raise interest rates. <laughs> and that was already enough to spook the market. And then basically everything more or less moved down together. So it, of course, if, if they would change their policies and, and stop expanding their balance sheets and raising interest rates, everything would crash. There's no doubt about it, okay? So that uh, would mean the stock markets will crash. It will mean that precious metals and commodity prices uh, will crash. And it will also mean that crypto will crash. And uh, you, sooner or later, then also your real estate prices will move down. So this is all connected. Um, but uh, again, I mean, how likely is it that they are going to do that? Uh, because um, what it will create is a complete nightmare, deflationary crash of epic proportions. And um, we might have civil war within a few days uh, because the whole system is so fragile and so connected globally. Um, I don't think that this is really an option. The only thing that they are doing is 
chattering about that maybe they would do something different like the Fed did two weeks ago. And that's already enough for the market to freak out a little bit. So then the hot air kind of like is, is at least a little bit of the hot air is leaving the markets and then they can continue. And um, just, uh, just uh, I think yesterday or two days ago, the, the ECB here in Europe came out. Uh, the, 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 the balance sheet again has reached a new all-time high. They, they created a, a whooping, I think 140 billion within one week um, on top. And, and, and uh, the balance sheet is now on the way to nearly 8,000 billion euros. Wow. If you look at the charts, this is all getting more and more parabolic and there's no way out. I mean, again, if the only way out probably is, yeah, raise interest rates, stop printing money. And mm -hmm. that will create a nightmare all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that this is the intention of central bankers and politicians. That uh, is not, po hmm. that, that, that's just not possible because then you uh, move towards more of a deflationary situation, which is even more dangerous. So they're trying to inflate this thing away, not deflate it. So, but back to the point, uh, Florian, the interesting thing that you said before was the talk about the FOMC meeting where they uh, job tried tried and job on the interest rate setup that they may think about uh, raising the interest rates. Whereas a few months back, uh, Jerome Powell did say we are not even thinking about thinking about raising interest rates. So, um, and we saw that obviously impact the markets. Uh, crypto less because it was already down so much by then, but uh, precious metals obviously got hammered uh, after that. Uh, don't know how they can raise the rates, but just based on that meeting that happened recently and everything else that we have discussed, I was keen to see also what are your analysis on the precious metals currently, basically. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I think they had a good timing uh, when when it came to gold because gold was kind of like breaking out above 1900. And um, initially I had said, I expect a pullback. Uh, then I saw that gold was holding up rather well around the $1,900 level. And then I checked the, the seasonality for the last five years. I assume that we are in a bull market in precious metals since December, 2015 again. So over the last five years, seasonality has usually been rather strong uh, into June, July, and then a top in August. So I thought, oh, maybe maybe this time it will be again like this and gold can uh, run those last 100, $100, $120 up to around $2,000 now uh, in the next two, three months. But the Fed came out and then you had this massive sell-off. And of course, since the double O in, in March at 1675, we had a, a nice rally in, in the gold market, right? So it, it went up. $240 within two months, April, May, okay, half of June, so two and a half months. That's a big move for gold. And um, of course, during such a period, there's going to be lots of people playing it with leverage. And uh, there was also one thing um, uh, I think that many people forgot or were not aware of, this hardcore lockdown situation in India. Uh, which only happened in April and uh, was still uh, hap happening in May. And that basically led to a complete uh, collapse of the Indian gold demand. And we know that India is a very important player in the gold market. They buy a lot of physical gold. And during those two months, there was no demand from India. And 
we also know that the gold market is a, is a tricky combination of the physical market and the paper market. Mm-hmm. And it's always this back and forth kind of balancing game between those two different markets. Mm-hmm. And if there is not enough physical demand, then it's much easier for the paper market to push prices down. And so you had a few factors coming together here two weeks ago. Um, market was overbought, gold was overbought, um, lots of leveraged players in the market. The physical demand had disappeared from India. And, um, and then the Fed is coming out with such a statement. So bam, you had the sell-off, a nasty sell-off. I was also a little bit surprised how fast and how deep it went. But here we are, it is what it is. Um, I, I think over the long run, over the next few years, um, I'm, I'm very sure that gold will move higher and will make new all-time highs. I think there's no doubt. And also from, from, the, uh, from knowing how a bull market works in precious metals, usually the, 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 the largest uh, advances or, or, or rallies are always coming towards the end of the bull market. Mm-hmm. And um, so assuming that a few years from now, I think gold easily will be much higher from here. Uh, I'm not talking about $2,000 or $2,500. I think easily $5,000, maybe even nine dollars to $10,000. But yeah, this might take another five years. Over mm-hmm. the next few months, we have a bullish seasonal uh, pattern over, uh, established in the gold market over the last 53 years. So before I said the last five years, we had always June, July being bullish. But if you look at the much bigger picture, the last 53 years, Usually gold makes an important low somewhere in June or July. It's an important low also if you look on it in a yearly basis. And then usually you have a strong rally into August, September. Mm-hmm. And as it looks right now, gold is not getting back on its feet currently. Yesterday it dropped even lower. Yeah, we might have a little bit more of a downside in the short term. Um, I actually now start to like the fact that it's so, uh, yeah, lazy or not doing anything anymore. It's very slow. Uh, it has become very slow over the last two weeks, which is a good sign. If this continues for another two, three weeks, and maybe it drops to 1720, 1735-ish, kind of this range, I would assume that uh, the, the correction is done. And then we would uh, or should see a nice summer rally starting somewhere in July or August. And this could easily take gold back to 1950 or maybe even to $2,000. Um, so I think it's interesting over the next few weeks to, to, to um, build positions slowly. Uh, I don't think the market will immediately turn around hard and bounce, but um, actually that's the perfect setup. If this market is kind of like uh, sleepy, low volatile, um, not doing too much, kind of like sideways creeping, maybe a little bit lower. That's actually a good time to, to, to build positions. Mm-hmm. Of course, first of all, buying physical gold and then also looking at the, the mining stocks because some of them have become really oversold now. Mm-hmm. And um, if you put on, uh, on top of all this, what I just said, the fact that silver is holding up very well, mm-hmm. it's much stronger than gold. I think we have a good recipe or a good setup for, for a nice summer rally, at least. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this, this rally takes gold back to $2,000. And um, I think the market will sooner or later learn that the Fed uh, will not be able to raise interest rates. They probably will scale back a little bit. And then we will also see that uh, inflation is not significantly uh, going down anymore. 
Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I, I'm optimistic. Um, I like the fact that gold has been selling off uh, so hard over the last uh, two weeks. Um, again, I, I think buy low, sell high. It's it's much lower than a few weeks ago. It's still uh, nearly $300 be- below its new all-time high from last August. So uh, I think it's a good setup. And uh, you just want to be patient and slowly moving into new positions here. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And what about some of the other precious metals that there's a lot of talk lately about uranium? We have seen Warren Buffet come and talk about uranium. We have seen uh, uh, Rick Rule and some of the other names uh, talk uh, talk up uranium a lot. And I think mm-hmm. um, the in the US, there's a uranium plant being set up in Wyoming, whether it's confirmed or not, I'm not exactly sure. I don't have the news in front of me right now, but based on that and looking at the, so that's the fundamental part. um, And then also looking at the technical analysis, what are your thoughts on uranium and some of the other other precious metals? I like uh, uranium investments quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, If you believe that we are in a commodity bull market, which gold kind of like figured out first and, and was the first one to really run. Um, and then now it took uh, nearly 10 months for gold already to correct. Uh, then we've seen copper exploding. We, we've, we are still seeing oil moving higher. And, and we've also seen uh, uranium stocks uh, exploding. Uh, I assume that in the short term, you want to be a little bit careful with copper and with uranium because they had a nice rally. and. If you compare that to what happened in gold after such a nice rally, here we are 10 months later and the market is still in a correction. Mm-hmm. So it could be that copper and uranium need some more correction. Uh, it is, however, true that many of those uranium stocks came down over the last uh, yeah, two, three weeks already. They are short-term oversold. So if I go through my list of uranium stocks, maybe it's already time to nibble on them, I would say. But uh, if something similar happens, like in gold, we're probably gold November 2020. You remember that was the first leg down and then we had this nice rally, but then uh, first quarter this year, gold came even lower and then the mining stocks sold off again. Mm -hmm. So um, if we are in such a similar scenario, I think uh, uranium and copper stocks will need more time. You wanna be very careful uh, and don't build too large positions right now. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the daily charts are oversold, but the weekly charts basically just started to roll over. So uh, that could mean we have more need of a correction here. But I'm a uranium bull. I think the fundamentals are super bullish. I think it's probably the best solution to uh, create more sustainable energy uh, for, for the world population. We know that China and India are building new reactors uh, like crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, it's only the, the Germans who basically <laughs> stopped uh, uh, stopped their the, 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 the uranium industry here, uh-huh. and we know that there is a, uh, there is a supply gap. And um, I'm, uh-huh. I'm very bullish on uranium in the long term. I would just say be a little bit cautious and don't uh, uh, put everything in immediately, because I assume that there is a need for a larger correction in the sector. And the same is true for copper stocks. Uh-huh. So one of the things that I forgot to ask you before uh, when we were talking about 
uh, Bitcoin chart specifically. You mentioned about the gaps, CME gaps um, on the weekly, I think uh, one is towards 25, 23, 25K and the other one is towards 48, 50K range. Yep. And this, these are obviously on the weekly charts. So one, what is the importance of the gaps over there? And what are the chances, I mean, based on your experience that they always do get fulfilled? I think the, the probability is somewhere around 80 to 90% percent mm-hmm. um, that gaps are getting filled. Again, not always, but especially in the futures markets, they, they tend to get filled. Mm-hmm. So we have an open gap on the upside between 46,600 and uh, 49,000. And on, 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 on the downside, there is an open gap between uh, 24,000 and uh, roughly 26,500. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, due to this oversold setup on the daily and on the weekly chart and this massive panic that we have seen uh, last week, I would not be surprised if Bitcoin can manage to close the, the, the gap on the upside first. So that would mean probably a run towards 49,000, 50,000, something like this, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit higher. Um, and then it still could come back and, and close uh, the, 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 the gap on the downside. Um, let's see. I mean, what I liked also just by looking at the chart, you had these long weeks uh, uh, at around 30,000 on the candlestick charts, right? That means um, the, the closest uh, of those days have always been much higher than uh, during the day, the lows. Um, so there is definitely demand. Uh, the buyers have been coming into the market at around 30,000. And here we are, just a few days later, Bitcoin is up nearly 20%. So, um, Again, I think uh, it, it looks good that Bitcoin will make a nice run. Would I be buying now at 35, 36,000 anymore? I'm not sure. I think the risk reward is not as good anymore as it was a few days ago, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have any Bitcoin investments or any crypto, I would urge your listeners to take 50 bucks, 100 bucks and just start buying it to learn about it. This is, I think, the most important part of it. I see too many people who are still uh, yeah, making it a mind game and coming up with lots of reasons why it doesn't work and why it's not a, why it's a Ponzi, Ponzi scheme or a fake or whatever. And all of those people never tried it. And, and that's how I started nine and a half years ago when I bought my first Bitcoin. Uh, I, I invested 50 euros uh, and then figured out how it works to send it from one wallet to another. And after doing this a few times, I realized like, hey, this works. Uh, 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 and um, uh, and then you start digging deeper and learning more. And and I see too many people being ignorant. Actually, that's also an interesting factor when it comes to sentiment about crypto. There's still way too many people uh, uh, telling us, no, this is a Ponzi scheme. This is not working. This is fake. It will go to zero. Um, so I, I in, in the longer run, I'm very optimistic also for, for Bitcoin. I think it's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, uh, we've seen that China is trying to regulate it or even ban it. Uh, Just uh, yesterday or two days ago, uh, the United Kingdom started banning some companies of Binance. Um, Yes, this will continue and will increase. It's going to be very interesting how this plays out. So obviously you don't wanna have everything, all your wealth 
in the crypto space or everything in Bitcoin. I think that's too dangerous. Um, but a part of it, yes, because uh, uh, I believe that the technology is um, working rather flawlessly for the last 12 years. The Bitcoin uh, blockchain has never been hacked. It's kind of like old school technology, but it works. Um, people still have not gotten their heads around the lightning system, uh, which is uh, uh, enabling you to make super small transactions super fast at rather no cost. And um, um, I think it's going to be very interesting what's coming actually out of that corner over the next few months and years. Yeah, it's an interesting market at the moment. I mean, uh, if you watch the news, there's two extremes of the market. One is when you look at things like El Salvador making it a, making it a legal tender and trying to use it as a payment means uh, for future. And at the other end, you look at China banning the mining completely and the hash rate dropping. It's it's like there's no middle ground in this space. It's like either zero or infinity kind of situation. So I guess that's why people who are investing always needs to be a little bit more careful that there's a chance that you can actually lose money in this space. Uh, and that's why you only risk a very small portion or depending upon your risk appetite as well. But uh, some uh, investors are super high on risk appetite. The others uh, don't want to take that much risk. So, and plus the understanding of the space as well. So, But it's just a funny space right now. No, exactly. You made a very important point and that, that is true in general for, for all financial markets and all investments. This is a personal thing, okay? It's very hard to give general advice because people have different amounts of money, people have different amounts of time, people have different amount of experience and people have a different uh, level of uh, risk adversity. Some are uh, very love to have the risk uh, and others are completely freaking out mm -hmm. about the risk. So it, it is always a very individual thing. And um, the most important uh, step is to educate yourself take it in your hands and start small. I mean, that's actually always another golden rule. Whenever you run into problems in the markets, scale down, huh? reduce your positions until you come into a position where you are mentally in charge again and, and leading and not being a victim of the crazy movements in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, that's often one of the typical mistakes that people just make too large of a positions. And mm -hmm. then if it doesn't run in their direction, they freak out. And then you lose the control over it because your emotions are taking over. No? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to the investors or people listening to this show, none of this is financial advice. Do your own research. This is just very uh, general talk based on all the analysis that we people do in this space. Um, anything else, Florian, that you would like to cover both from crypto and the precious metals. Actually, I do have a question. Um, what will tell you that this bull market, if we are in a bull market, both in crypto and maybe let's talk crypto first and then precious metals, but what will indicate or tell you that this bull market is over and that we are back in what they call crypto winter and it's going to be who knows how long it will last, four years, five years, seven years, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, usually uh, crypto winter lasted between one and one and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think it would be if, if Bitcoin decisively moves below 30K, that would be an indication that everything will take much longer. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, I mean, if you look back, we had this uh, important low in December 2018 at around $3,200. Mm -hmm. The market moved up back to, where did it go? 13,800, something like this. Mm -hmm. Within eight, nine months, then- 3,000 or 4,000. Then it came all the way back to 3,800 uh, in the Corona crash. And then it went up from 3,800 to 65,000. And now we are trading at 35,000. So, I mean, this is, this is this is crazy of course it is yeah. crazy and 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 the only real promising approach is to hodl right mm -hmm. uh, i think that's really the, the the thing that for the vast majority of people and also for your listeners that's the only approach that will work just hodl through mm -hmm. and if you want to have a rather uh, easier journey in terms of hodling yeah, then you don't build too huge of a position and you only buy if the market is really low. Mm -hmm. and, um, if you want to advance it a little bit, we have a thing, it's called the quad exit strategy, where we basically, for example, last week was a great entry opportunity. So you buy at 30,000, you take already profits at 35, 36,000. Maybe you, you scale out 50% of your position. That means the, the price that you paid for the rest of, your position so the other 50 percent is immediately moving much lower because you took profits already mm -hmm. you're mentally already in a much more relaxed position because you have much more space until you would start losing money now mm -hmm. and um yeah and then assuming bitcoin maybe runs to 40 or 50k you take another 25 percent off and the last 25 percent they become this hodl position you took so many profits on your initial investments that the price for this last 25% became very, very low. Mm -hmm. and, and now you can give a lot of room to breathe to this position, to this last 25%. And that's psychologically a, a wonderful situation. Mm -hmm. if, if you can just let the, the market run and, and let your winners run. You know? mm -hmm. um, problem is that people always do it, usually vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> so they, 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 they freak out once they see that the train has left the station, then they start running behind the train. They start, they, they realize that they missed it and they still kind of like waiting, are not sure. And then at some point when the market continues to, to, to move higher, the emotions are so huge and, and they're forcing them to buy at, mm -hmm. at extreme high prices. And then the market pulls back, they, they are down 50%. And, and then usually they ignore the investments and don't look at it anymore, or they they become extremely aggressive and, and start day trading like crazy and try to make it back as soon and fast as possible. And mm. that obviously creates even more problems. So um, yeah, buy low, sell high and learn how to figure out what it means to you personally. How can you figure out, is this what I wanna invest in high or low? What tools do I need? I mean, if you are a longer term investor or hodler, you first of all look at uh, weekly charts and monthly charts to figure out if something is high or low. It's not your business to look at a five minute or a one hour chart because then you are in the wrong time frame, right? Um, uh, so yeah, that's the kind of things that we also try to teach and, 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 and help people with. Mm -hmm. um, 
because my 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 goal really is to, that that people become independent and manage their own finances to their success. So when you said decisively breaks below thirty k, what does that exactly mean? What's yeah, what's it, when it, it, what's decisive? It would, it would mean a weekly close below thirty thousand. Um, so as I said before, we had these long weeks last week. So daily candles showed that the market trade that low uh, to 25, 29,250, 20,500, 30,000. But the daily closes have always been higher. So uh -huh. it can always close clearly above 30,000. Actually, it closed above 31,000 every time, every day. Uh -huh. So that showed you that around the $30,000 level, there was a lot of demand and new money coming into the market. Mm -hmm. And um, um, if that would change and you would see a weekly close below that 30,000, I think we have to assume that uh, this, this, this correction or crypto winter really is here and it will go much, not necessarily much lower, but much longer. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, the, if the first uh, final low in, in, in the last crypto winter at 3,200 3, came about a year after the market had topped. Mm -hmm. so, and in between you had this long back and forth and there was also times when it looked very good and there were also nice bounces in the, in, in Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. So I personally, I, 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 I take some profits on, on, on strength. So I, I pay myself when the market makes money available and I'm always on the hunt for buying low when, when everybody's in panic. Mm -hmm. And you don't get these setups every day and every week. So you need to learn how to be patient. And, and wait for the right setups. And, um, and that's also very challenging for most people. And it has been challenging for myself. <laughs> well, but the, the market has, has taught me in many painful lessons. <laughs> <laughs> we all learn. Um, what about on the side of precious metals? Uh, so maybe gold, taking gold. And if you, I, I'll let you actually talk. I, I was going to say maybe gold and oil as a barometer or, but... Uh, I'll let you talk of how, how you, what will tell you that the market is near its peak? Well, we had a peak last year, and I think uh, I managed to call this uh, rather well at the top in gold last year. Mm -hmm. And since then, we are in this correction consolidation. Um, market has pulled back $400 from the top in gold last year. I would say if, if gold breaks decisively below $1,500, then there is something wrong in, uh, in the assessment that we are still in a bull market. Mm -hmm. But we are currently trading $250 above that number. Mm -hmm. And um, you can see already, uh, I mean, yes, the initial sell-off over the last two weeks has been rather fast and deep, but now the bears are slowly only making progress. So uh, yesterday we had, a drop uh, eight or nine dollars lower than the recent low at 1761 and it took them a week um, and it's slow and I think there's a lot of support now coming up between 1675 and, and, and 1750 mm -hmm. so I, I think the immediate downside is is rather limited I'm not saying that we've seen the bottom already in gold but yeah, I think the downside is limited then we probably will get a nice summer rally with some luck uh, gold can make it back to 2000 then it probably will trade back and forth uh, between yeah, 1850 and 2000 for a few weeks and months until then maybe end of the year or next year, it will be able to break above the $2,000 level. That's 
my assessment right now. And at the same time, you have silver clearly being stronger than gold. We are in this triangle in silver right now. Maybe it still pulls back to $25, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even maybe a little bit lower, $24.75, something like this. But uh, is this an, a scanning triangle in the silver market? All it takes now is a breakout above $30. And then you will see silver probably quickly running $20 higher. Maybe then coming back, testing this $30 level, and then it should rally to the $50 level, which is the all-time high from 1980. Um, so I think silver, we all know that silver is very sensitive in term, when it comes to inflation. Usually it's one of your best investments during uh, uh, very inflationary times. Mm -hmm. and, and silver is holding up very well after this massive rally last year. Mm -hmm. It's stronger than gold. So I think, um, yeah, silver looks, looks very interesting here. And you have this factor with this Reddit Wall Street uh, community and the silver squeeze movement. This is something new in the sector. I mean, I'm investing in precious metals for 20 years and I've never seen so much interest uh, from, from so many people. I mean, of course we are also now uh, in, in the social media age and YouTube, this is all playing together, of course, but you get every day 10 new videos from people with like five, 10, 15,000 clicks who talk about silver and uh, it's unbelievable. Um, yes, at the same time, you have a lot of new, newly quickly put together silver companies where you want to be very careful. Mm -hmm. So most of those silver stocks I don't trust, uh, but um, I think the physical demand is clearly there. You can see that you, you nowhere you get uh, physical silver for the, the spot price. It's impossible. Uh, you always pay much more. Mm -hmm. Premiums are everywhere in the, in the world actually much higher. And um, yeah, I, I think silver is great. I, I still love silver. I, I'm very interested in also in, in silver stocks. Um, but you have to be very careful with the selections because there are so many new stocks now uh, running around and it's very hard to figure out how good their projects are really. Most of the time it's a management with no track record and it's just a promotion kind of thing. And, and you want to be very careful there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was amazed with, uh, uh, I was reading an article somewhere where there's been silver billboards in parts of US uh, with inflation signs that uh, we are on our way to high inflation and it said buy silver at the bottom it said wall street bets <laughs> which was yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it was it was pretty cool actually with the with the sign of wall street silver bets uh, so you're bang on on that never seen anything like that in, 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 and gamestop oh, is the perfect example right yeah right and now you have amc and, and i mean this there is some changes happening and um I think it, it looks very interesting for silver. Mm -hmm. So um, just on the- I also love to stack silver also. <laughs> <laughs> so just on the opposite side, uh, how will you know that the bull market is over for precious metals? So we talked about the weekly close below a certain point, right? So mm -hmm. how about the other side, uh, which is the bull market? What will tell you that we are at the peak for- the next run or the next leg up or the cycle, overall cycle. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think that the next top will be the final top in, 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 in this bull market, but it, it will be an intermediate top, something like we've seen uh, 
probably last year in August. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, usually you you have extreme euphoria. Usually you have people contacting you who have no clue about the markets, but have been listening to rising gold prices for, for weeks and months, and now they want to be part of it. Um, you're going to see, um, yeah, as I said before, like negative news are completely ignored by the market, for example. Mm-hmm. So it could be a change somehow in, 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 in the central bank policy, for example, but the market continues to run higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that we've seen in 1980 when Volcker started to raise interest rates and gold kept running higher for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one thing, we also talked about it today, if a market doubles within a few days or weeks, that's usually a very dangerous signal. So we got this from Ethereum in May when it just within a few weeks, it ran from $2,000 up to $4,300. Mm-hmm. Um, so if silver would double within a few weeks, uh, that, that would be uh, actually a dangerous signal. It would also mean uh, if gold posts a huge rally uh, or doubles within a few weeks, uh, that's what it did in 1980, uh, the final big top of that bull market. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doubled from 400 to 890 within a few weeks. That was uh, basically the warning signal. You will also see um, media, uh, the news, the mainstream media, writing uh, on, on, on uh, the big headlines uh, on the front page. Mm-hmm. That, that's also a typical uh, signal that you will get. Yeah, you will, you will be contacted by people from school that you haven't heard of for years and years. And, and suddenly they call you, hey, you ha- I know I heard you do something with gold. I want to invest. And, and, and they never done anything before in that direction. Then you know you want to be very careful because mm-hmm. now this, this, this euphoria has reached people that usually have no clue so um, these are the signals that you look for and um, you can obviously introduce even more advanced tools like put call options you can look at commitment of trades uh, and of course just simple technical analysis Uh, if you have uh, divergences uh, indicators are not confirming uh, the, the higher highs anymore Mm-hmm. Uh, you speak of negative divergence. Um, this is also a way to, to figure out if the market is, is topping or not. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, now, I think over the next few years, the central banks won't change their policy. They will continue to expand the balance sheet and that will basically push all asset prices higher. And sometimes you will have this asset class performing super well and outperforming everything else and then a few months later, half a year later, there's a rotation and then it's another asset class that is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pretty much agree with everything you've said over there, Florian. Uh, I think your knowledge is great. Your analysis are great. So thanks for jumping on the pod and giving us the update. Anything else that uh, you would like to add before we wrap this up? I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I think we mentioned a lot of things again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the journey always starts with yourself mm-hmm. so working on yourself um, becoming more aware of your own patterns basically working on your own level of consciousness mm-hmm. I think is the best way forward to become more successful uh, with your finances and with your investments 100% uh, to the listeners like said before none of this is financial advice so please do your own research Play safe, stay safe, don't over leverage. We will see you guys next week. Cheers.
Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, man.